Hey, before we get started, wanted to say thanks to a couple sponsors that keep the show on the air. Physical Therapy and Balance Centers, they were created by PTs, especially for PTs in private practice. On average, a private practice who joins the physical network grows more than 40%. So if you're ready to discover how the largest network of PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to industry changes, visit physicalfranchise.com. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L franchise.com. This is the PT Pinecast. Our newest sponsor is Jackson Therapy Partners, providing awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. Find out more at jacksontherapy.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. And we're doing it live on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, Colleagues... Welcome to PT Pinecast. Before we kick the show off, we do want to say uh, welcome back. We had a couple shows canceled last week. Some things came up, so I do want to apologize. But we are back in the saddle again this week with a pair of shows. Uh, First one being today, we're going to talk about resiliency. This is a term that came up probably when I was in PT school. I remember thinking, I know what that word means. And then we started talking about resiliency. I was like, oh, Maybe I don't know what that word means. You had to go deeper. And I like topics like that that seem obvious, but they're not. So, uh, and I love how we also like came in contact with today's guest, just like a DM on like LinkedIn, like, hey, would you want to talk about this? And I was like, yes, just natural. Like I say, art imitates life. My life is literally, or art is literally like me walking around this profession. If physical therapy was in fact a happy hour, and that's just how you meet people like, oh, hey, what are you into? I'm into this thing. Cool. I don't know anything about that. Talk to me. Let's grab a beer. So that's what we're talking about today. Resiliency, battlefield, like how that comes into play, which is pretty like, I don't know, dope. I don't know anything about it. Tactical physical therapy. I believe we're going to touch on the word acupuncture. I don't know how that comes in, but we're going to find out. I do. a li- And people wonder, they ask, like, do you do any research? I do a little, but I like to come in like prepared but not over informed i want to know like i want to be on the level of the audience and that's why we bring in today's guest so we'll talk to her in just a minute do want to say thanks to our friends at practice freedom university jamie schreier uh they're designed for pt owners if you want to treat less and earn more and create the business you've always dreamed of practice freedom you is where you want to go physical therapy and balance centers listen you want to open a pt practice and don't know a lot about the practice end of it but you're a great clinician, physical therapy and balance uh, centers. Thinking about selling your practice, you should know on average a private practice who joins the physical network grows more than 40%. So if you're ready to discover how to do it and who's doing it right, physicalfranchise.com. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L franchise.com. And uh, CBDRX for you, your CBD store. Get the ABCs of CBD. Do you know exactly how CBD is going to uh, affect your patients? Do you 100%? I don't think you're 100%. Then get the ABCs of CBD. Again, CBDRX, the number four of a letter U.com. Uh, let's kick the show off. Let's just think. There we go. There's the intro music. Welcome to PT Pinecast. We like to say it's great physical therapy conversations on tap. You can find us on the socials at PT Pinecast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube is mainly where we hang out. The website is also ptpinecast.com. 
Also want to say thanks to our friends at MW Therapy. All-in-one physical therapy software. If your uh, EMR is outdated, dude, why? It's 2022. There's got to be something better. MWTherapy.com. Uh, check them out. Take a free test drive to see what they have to offer. Uh, pumped for today's show. It's something uh, we talked about a little bit in PT school. It came up, but I remember just thinking like, yeah, I know that. Turns out, maybe you don't know that. And that's why we have today's guest. A physical therapist who has been honored to spend the last three years of her career as an embedded tactical physical therapist for military special warfare. I could stop right there. That just sounds badass and be like, okay, I'm done. But I won't stop there. You know me. Uh, passionate about preventative care and challenging her PT skills with integrated resiliency work. And we're going to dive into what that means. Uh, audience, let's welcome to the show, Sarah Schmidt. Sarah, welcome to the program. Hi, Jimmy. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Sarah. We get the hard questions out of the way first. Are you ready for the hardest question you'll answer <laughs> the entire broadcast? I am. What, are we, what are we drinking? So I, um, unfortunately, am allergic to beer. So ah. my preference is hard cider or hard liquor. So I figured because it's, you know, four o'clock. Um, so it's a Mackenzie's Black Cherry hard cider. <laughs> I like it. So so it's like it's like hard black cider, like hard black cherry cider-ish? Yeah. That's nice. Is it is it in New York? Because you're also in upstate New York too. I'm in upstate New York. Is that an I New am. York? No, this is actually so I'm bad. This is a Pennsylvania cider. Yeah. I wanted to get the New York cider, but I didn't have yeah. enough time. Pennsylvania. We'll allow it. You're our neighbors okay. to the south. We'll we'll allow I it. Uh sure. I am doing a New York beer because I'm a true Empire Stater, Excelsior. <laughs> and this is uh Juice Bomb IPA. Well, you you're allergic to beer. So Juice Bomb, very tasty. Uh, it is from Fishkill, New York, which is not far, like a stone's throw from where I live in the Hudson Valley. And cheers to you, Sarah. Thanks for coming on the program. Cheers to you. Yeah, thank you. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Uh, thanks to our friends Johnny Owens and his team at Owens Recovery Science for bringing you the first round. Uh, they're a single source for PTs looking for uh, certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. That's fancy talk for BFR. Uh, get the knowledge, the certification, and the equipment you need to apply it properly in your clinical practice at... Insert the website, owensrecoveryscience.com. All right, that's out of the way. Sarah, your intro is pretty badass. Uh, last three years of your career as an embedded tactical physical therapist for military special warfare. There's a lot of words in that sentence that I like. There is. So like, there is. If you were to nutshell that, which I don't even know if you can nutshell, this might be several nutshells. Like, what do you do? Like, that's a cool, like, intro, but what do you do do? Yeah, so I've like totally come to terms that I'm at the peak of my career with like my <laughs> career job. <laughs> it is because it's 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 been so great and the experience has been so great. Um, but essentially, I am uh, assigned to a special warfare unit. I specifically am um, on the Air Force side, and I'm assigned specifically to that unit. So I have about a hundred people that I am in charge of, and I am their personal like rehab provider. Your PT, boom. All right, so I want to go two directions. Let's talk about the people you serve first, and then I want to find out who's also on Sarah's team. So, the the hundred or so people that you treat, like what are what are their job? Like what do they do? Like what you know? Like what is their purpose? Yeah. So um, mine are they pretty much go out in like ones and twos um, for specific you know whatever the mission set is, and either support the army or kind of work to clear and make a battlefield safe for, for air ground. Um, drop a lot of bombs. Wow. They love dropping bombs. Love dropping <laughs> yeah. bombs yeah. yeah. But essentially they go out in ones and twos or, or isn't by themselves. Um, 
and kind of get the job done. So wow. And across the hundred, is it are they is that pretty like typical? Like everybody kind of has a similar job, or is it like, hey, do you, you know, I don't because I don't really understand how the military works because I was never in the military, but like are they all pretty yeah. similar in terms of like I'm what I'm I'm narrowing down to is like is there are their physical demands similar to each other? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah the hundred, okay. their physical demands are all exactly the same. Yeah, they all have like a special warfare PT test. It takes like literally four hours to take. That's um, nuts. Yeah. <laughs> we should do an episode on that. Like we'll call it watch Jimmy fail this test. Oh, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Um, but yep, no, the physical demands are all the same. Some of them, a very small percentage have subspecialties that have to do a little bit more with like cyber stuff. But uh, for the most part, they're, they're just on the ground. That's cool. All right. Oh, and do they have like a cool, like, do you have like a cool, like logo, like a team unit, like a, like a, ma- like what's your, like they always have like a cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have, we have a patch. Yeah. And then um, each, each flight, I know I should have brought my patch actually. Um, I have one. So they have a patch for like the unit that they're in and then they have a patch for their job field. And then at my unit specifically, each flight has like a, a mascot or a shirt. <laughs> that they've well, What's made. your logo? Like what's the, what's the unit? So their unit is is called Air Over the Mountain because they support 10th Mountain Division sometimes. That's cool. Um, so our geographical location, yeah, their their logo is Air Over the Mountain. Cool. All right, so let's flip it and talk about your team. So you're there like PT. Sarah's like, boom, you're my team. You're my girls. You're my guys. Who else is on your team? Like what other military or whatever um, medical people are like with your unit that also like support that, that unit? Yeah, so my program... Um, like my team's actually considered like a modified or a light version of the actual program. Um, so my team specifically, and then I can like lightly touch what a full team would look like. We just don't have that where I am because of the geographical area and uh, some funding issues. But um, so my team's made up of four people, actually myself. So I work as the rehab professional. Uh, your scope is a lot bigger in the military as a PT. So to be honest with you, you're also like an unglorified primary care provider. Wow. Um, and that's like a whole nother thing. But yeah, so there's a lot of care management and, and you know, ordering meds and stuff like that. Um, we do have to do a lot of uh, prophylactic care, preventative care. And then um, we have two exercise physiologists because of the physical demands. So they do have a structured strength and conditioning program that they have to follow. And then my program also has a mental health provider, which um, ideally would either be a clinical sports psychologist or a licensed clinical social worker that has certain um, special vacations for what we're doing, like adventure counseling and EMDR, things of that sort. How often are you guys talking to each other about what you're working on as a team? Because I know you said you're a modified, smaller version, but you still probably talk a lot. I'm guessing. As a team, yeah. To like be successful, it's every day. Wow. Like as soon as something changes, like you're going to your counterparts on the team to to inform and educate about that member, hundred percent. Yep. Sometimes multiple times a day. What have you learned most? You said you've been doing this for like the last three years. Like going into this, you know, I always love like similarities and differences or expectations and then reality. Like what's yeah. something you've learned the most, been shocked the most, or like I don't know, jumps out at you as like boom, learning experience. Um, probably the biggest thing. So I was really fortunate when I started uh, this program, I was, I was just welcomed into like the best team. And, um, my mentor on that team had actually came from pro sports and jumped over to where we are. He was actually an exercise physiologist. And one of the biggest things coming into it was kind of learning how much you can learn off of each other. You know, I, I feel like sometimes the, like the more education you get, you almost, I don't want to say like ego, but you almost kind of silo or get egotistical when you you get to a certain point. And 
You know what I found it is, or and this is an uneducated opinion, and I I think it I don't it probably does come a little bit from ego, right? And I'm not a licensed mental a mental health provider. This is all Jimmy's just wisdom from the bar. <laughs> you go for education for so long, and part of it I think is you're so excited that you know so much that you can't wait to mm-hmm. tell people, but people wind up telling them and not sharing with them. And there's a big difference. Like if you share with people. That's a skill, right? Or it's at least a good mindset. Like, I can't wait to share with you what I know instead of I'm going to tell you what I know. Like, telling feels like I'm going to jam this in your face and show you how smart I am. And sometimes people just don't even realize they're doing it, myself included. That's why, I mean, I've done it before. Then when you recognize it, you're like, oh, people don't want to be have information jammed. (laughs) And when you figure that out, it's a superpower. Uh, Yep, absolutely. So it was... um more kind of, I guess, coming from that, just learning that no matter how much experience you have or, you know, how far you get into your career, there's always something to learn when you're on an integrated team like that. So like, I remember my mentor at the time. So like I said, he was a, an exercise physiologist and he had, gosh, probably like, I think around 30 years of experience before he flipped into working with us. Wow. And like one of my first days, you know, he sat me down and is like, tell me a story, like, show me what I can learn from you. Wow. See, yeah. that's, is- that's at 30 years, he got it. Like it's, it's the people. And yeah. I mean, I'm speaking for myself because I'm totally guilty of this. It's the people who are like three, four, five, six, seven, eight years in who are like, can't wait to show you how smart I am. Right. And I think it comes, I think deep down inside most of the time it comes from a good place, which is like, I, I've worked so hard and I know so much. And I can't wait to tell you, but it really needs to be just what you said. I can't wait to learn from you. Because then what does that do to Sarah when you hear that? Man, are you open, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you're like, this is great. I feel like I can share with you and I'm going to learn from you. And this is going to be a two-way street. Because if it's not a two-way street, it really is someone just jamming information at you. Yeah. So it really, like, opened the door for our integration success, which, which was very welcoming. But for me, it was kind of, as a provider, it was a very humbling moment to kind of learn that. It's like, wow, look at this dude. Like, He's probably seen everything, you know, 30 years, he's done pro sports, he's done college, he's just done this huge gamut of things. And like, he wants to sit down and learn something from me. Like, you know, it, it's just crazy to, to kind of wrap your head around it. So that's why he, I mean, I, I've never, I don't even know who this person is. It's probably why he lasted 30 years and was mm-hmm. at a pretty, you know, was a pretty high level. You know what I mean? Like that, that mindset will get you so far. I mean, yeah. one of the first episodes I did was with this guy, Eric Mara, and he was in sports PT. And he said, like, listen, you got to be available, affable, and adequate. And he went, those were his three A's. Like, available is, like, in sports, and I'm sure in the military, it's like, yeah. you got to be available. Like, be when, available. when it, you got to be um, affable. It's like, if you got a crappy attitude, people in the military, sports, in life, they don't want to work with you. They're like, I can pick anybody else. It ain't going to be you. And then the last one shocked me, which was adequate. He's like, you need to do the basics well that's that's where you got to be if you can do more great but if you miss available and and affable you out right no absolutely so that's probably been my biggest learning experience you know, from him that's a cool story i like i love hearing that like the, the fact that there are people <laughs> out there like that i'm like great i want to be someone like that one day people are like hey this yeah. person's been doing this for so long and you know what they asked me what i could i mean that's just a thing to shoot for but that's my own personal i just love stories like that all right so so where do you want to start before we hit record sarah and i were like we're gonna go into some tangents because because the, <laughs> there's several things we can talk about let's talk about resilience and resilience training so first we got to define terms because again I, I think this term resilience popped up in PT school. I was like, I know what that word means. And then we started talking about what that means. I was like, oh, 
I need to learn. There's more I can learn than just the definition of the word. But let's start with like when someone says like resilience training or, hey, you do integrated resiliency work. Like, what does that mean? How do you describe what that how do you describe what that means from your point of view? Yeah, so um, great question. I think before I, I kind of got into this job, I may have thought, and this might be just kind of like assuming as out of you and me, but, um, you know, I thought resiliency, you know, that's more like physical resiliency, almost like work hardening. You want right. to get somebody to a point where they're able to perform their job successfully and they have this long, like resilient endurance. Um, and then when I got into this setting was really when it kind of opened my eyes and mind in terms of where you can take that as as a team as an integrated team to kind of push both the boundaries of like the mental and the physical part of it because once you put those together you know it, it's it's so powerful and we've had a lot of success with um quite a few different avenues of being able to play with that and experiment with that with the guys um but really getting into this setting that was kind of my big tape home is that resiliency is really this as cliche as it can sound like this whole body resiliency like this mind body both connection, but both resiliency for them to, to work and strengthen off of each other. So you really can't have this high level of resiliency if you're lacking one of those pillars. Like you can't, in my opinion now, you can't be considered like resilience, resilient if you just have physical resiliency or if you just have mental resiliency. In uh, when I was when I was doing my prereqs for PT school because I I was a journalism major and I had none of them. It was like, hey, take everything all over the place. Um, and I, I took intro or I took a psych course. I think it was abnormal psych. And I remember the professor uh, had this term, which was psychologically hardy. And I remember being like, what does that mean? And I remember like if like the opposite of hardy would be like frail or fragile. Right. And I was like, oh, like not having that can stop you from doing a lot of things mentally and physically. And I was a triathlete. So, of course, I look at everything from a triathlon lens and a, and a marathon runner uh, lens. And, and like mental resiliency can make a huge difference. I mean, David Goggins, he's a military dude who always is on like Instagram. That dude is freaking intense. You need some motivation. Just Google David Goggins. But he's great got book. that. He, what's that? Great book. He wrote a great, great book. Great book. Um, he's got this uh, the 40% rule. You familiar with the 40% rule? Mm-hmm. Where he's like, if you, when you think you're done, you're at 40%. He's like, you've mm-hmm. got, if like, you've got 60% left in the can. And many things have come along. Like talk to a mom, like talk to like a mom of like five kids. Trust me, <laughs> they go beyond where they thought they were because they have to. And that's what I think that to me, when I'm listening to you, like that's that description is like, you've got to have that, that mental resiliency or all the physical training in the world. When the, when the shit hits the fan, I don't care how strong you are. If you're not strong here, I'm pointing to my head because this is a podcast. Sorry. <laughs> if you're not strong up top, I don't care how strong you are mentally, uh, physically, it'll stop you. Yeah. So the guys that we get when it comes to like special work or special operations, the one thing I will say about them is they tend to come in and they are both physically resi- resilient. And the, I'm going to say the majority of them, because there are obviously some issues, but the majority of them are very mentally resilient. That's how they get there. That's they have to go through right, right, right. Yeah, a lot of training. They have to be selected, well, you know, all those things. And kind of what we help to do as a team Um, when we're looking at that, when we're working specifically on that performance enhancement piece, it's kind of merging the two together so that the person can almost be more in control, honestly, if they're parasympathetic is kind of what happens um, and makes them more alert and more successful in really stressful situations, which is what they're put in for their job. 
So how do you do how do you do that? Now this is where we get like tactics. This is like the sauce, <laughs> yeah. right? How do you train well both? But you're saying, hey, training both separately is not great. Training both at the same time because that's where they're going to come into play anyway. Yep, yep. So we've done this um, a, a few different ways. The ways that we kind of found that works the most is um, honestly we threw together some resources we already had and we're like, let's put this together and see if, if it works. So um, first of all, that's the best way. So keep going. Yeah. So I'm already with you. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I got certified I'm trying to think of the year, I think it was two years ago in, um, battlefield acupuncture. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that at all. I've come across the terms and that's what I was going to, we'll get into that. But so you got, you got certified in the practice of battlefield acupuncture. That's that the ear thing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that's just using the ear with like a semi-permanent piercing. Um, it is within the scope of the, of a military provider. Uh, actually they have it across quite a few providers, but it is in a PT scope. Um, so I went out and got that certification and kind of came back from it. And our social worker at the time was, was phenomenal. You know, she'd really connected with the guys and, um, kind of had a lot a really good connection and was really able to work through some mental blocks for the guys. And when I came back from this certification, I'm like, man, the research behind this, like there's a lot of crossover between the physical benefits and the mental benefits. Um, so we sat down, kind of hashed out the science of it. And we're like, man, I think if we like put these two together and do these two interventions at the same time, I think we can have a, a really like all encompassing what I'm talking about, this whole body resiliency. Um, so we started luckily in my setting, you can kind of do whatever you want. So <laughs> we just decided to start. Yeah, we just decided to start making little clinic offerings. They're quick, like 20 minute sessions. And this is kind of the beginning of it where we would offer, um, I would do battlefield, which takes about 10 minutes on the person. And then they would have a 10 minute like mental skills training where they would either work through, it depended on what the person needed, but they would work through like mental blocks or try to work on controlling their anxiety. And once they got to a good point um, with that, we would kind of take it to the next level where these guys have a lot of training that we can simulate because obviously they're real jobs like going out in combat and there's not right, more right. happening all the time. So um, during some of their like simulations, we would start um, trying to apply these things. So we would teach them tricks, do the battlefield before they go into the training. Um, so they have the battlefield to rely on, they have the mental skills to rely on, and then they would go into their, stimu their simulator or their training or whatever. Um, and we would like stress the hell out of them. So we'd get their heart rate elevated as high as we safely can get it in a really good working range before they went into the simulator. Um, and then that way they're having a ton of multitasking in a high stress situation because their heart rates through the roof and it allows them to tap in and use the skills that we taught mm -hmm. them. Yeah. So then they would be, they'd get some practicing and some work hardening. And once the member got um, good at controlling their parasympathetic, like they're literally able, we teach them how to control their heart rate um, you know, on top of the mental blocks and being able to focus with multitasking. Once they got successful in that end, we actually took it to like the next level where we would continue. This is, we actually kind of split it up at the end now that I'm saying it, but we would split it up at the end and they would have one-on-one -on -one mental health sessions to continue progressing in the mental blocks. And then actually they would have one-on-one -on -one sessions with me. And a lot of the stuff I focused on was stuff you would see in neuro rehab. So I'm like having what? a run-up. Um, like running on a treadmill and I'm, I'm throwing flashcards related to their job at them while someone's hitting them with a ball, you know, while, why they have an eye covered up, like just anything to do that, that multi-sensory multitasking, but they have to focus on a, on a work hardening task at the same time. Right. Yeah. This reminds me of, um, 
I forget where I heard about this test, but like you know, like uh, like the the big suit they put like police academy, you know, cadets in like the big foam suit, and then they get the yeah. German Shepherd all riled up. The they put like the heart rate uh, monitor on the the cadets, and they were like, okay, so they're firing the dog up. You're in the suit, you're in the helmet, you got the big pet. You know, there's no way I can get hurt here, right? This is a safe environment. But still, when you hear the German Shepherd, like your heart rate still is like, yo, like. I'm going to, there's a dog. So their heart rate goes like to 170 and the dog's all over them and they're slobber and it's biting, biting, biting. They take the dog away. You're fine. They calm you down. They sit you down and your heart rate comes back down to normal. Mm-hmm. Then they did it again. And here comes the German shepherd and y- your body still does it again. Your heart rate goes, it gets jacked up again, but it only goes to 160 this time. And it's like repeated exposure. It sounds like it's very similar. Repeated exposure to stressful, real as simulated as you can get, right, situations, your brain starts to say, hey, we can control this. Like, we've seen this before. This is why you don't go out and run a marathon unless you've been to, like, you know, mile, you know, an 18-miler or a 20 or a 22, whatever your preference is. You've got to be as close to real, to stress, to say, hey, we can control this. I've been here before. This sucks, but there's another side. And there is that physical, that neuro, and also mental aspect of it, which is we can control this. I can get through it. We'll be fine. It's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And I'd say one of the big things like we tend to focus on with them is really teaching them how to not only like have control of that, but be able to turn it on like like that. Um, So the mental aspect, they get pretty good where they can really just flip into some other train of thought, some other focus. Yep. And then on the physical end, we would do different activities where we were able to get their heart rate down within a minute. You know, they were taught what breathing patterns or what they needed to get into that recovery phase within about a minute. Because you need to, because they've got to do probably manual tasks or something that requires like deck, like, like fine motor. It's like, if you're like, watch biathlon, like, like biathlon would be like, like winter, winter Olympic biathlon would be great. It's like, yeah, cross country ski your face off. And then, oh, by the way, bring it down and hit a target the size of a nickel at like a hundred yards or something crazy like that. And oh, by the way, every time you miss, we're going to tack on a lap and you're like, okay, this matters. I better focus. Yeah, so totally similar. How how did they respond? Like, how did they respond in terms of um, like um, not how did they do in the training, but how did they how did they take to the training? Like, did they like going through it? Did they see it as applicable? Like, okay, we're did they did they did they see it as a direct benefit to their for their time? Is what I'm asking. Yep, yeah, yep. So because it was just kind of like made up per se at the time, it was optional. So anybody who signed up obviously had an openness or a willingness to do it, but you obviously have to have that buy-in, like people don't have to come back. So um, usually the benefit of Battlefield and and the power of it is people can get effects like immediately. You can get effects within a minute or sometimes even less. So usually just the effects from that alone was enough to kind of beat somebody per se back in to kind of keep going on the sessions. And then guys, they talk, man to each other so yeah. like hey man how's that working like oh actually dude it's like freaking oh, this is my edge dude or whatever like some people get into it more than others and then they're just jawing and like oh you know what i want to be i need to be getting some of that and like you said 10 and 10 like 20 minutes that's like not a terribly huge commitment for like, like it's like a good juice versus squeeze ratio it's like all right i'm gonna try this out for 20 minutes worst comes to worst you lose 20 minutes best case scenario you get something out of your 20 minutes Correct. Yeah. And we only do it once every two weeks. So it's got really good carryover. 
Yeah, that is it's cool. not it's not bad at all. And I always used to joke around with those that had success. I'd be like, go tell your friends, <laughs> you know, like tell them you had a good experience. Because the more we can get and get our hands on, obviously, the more resilient and healthy we can we can make these guys. Well, also, the better you're you're going to I mean, the more you do this, the better you're going to get at like figuring out what works and best practices. Mm-hmm. You're going to stumble upon things that you didn't understand, you know, you didn't think to do. And then all of a sudden you, you figure it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's been really rewarding. Um, so let's talk about, um, like the battlefield acupuncture. Again, I came across it somewhere. I remember just being like, it's an ear thing and whatever, whatever. When people, when another clinician asks you like, Hey, battlefield acupuncture, what's up with that? Like, where do you start? Yeah. So you are actually trained, or at least I was trained by an acupuncturist. Um, so it it is kind of educated on that sense, but the DOD, um, actually created it and bought into it pretty big back in like 2015, but essentially in the early two thousands, there was a neurologist in the air force who, um, had jumped around in professions, believe it or not, he was an acupuncturist. Then he turned into, um, an oncologist for a while. And then he turned into a neurologist towards the end of his career, like crazy, the education this guy went through. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. His name was Richard Nemowitz. Um, so he ended up kind of creating it with the specific drive because in the early two thousands, that was a very combative war for our military uh, members. That was, you know, kind of the Iraq, Afghanistan era where people were, were really having a hard time. Um, and they were having issues because a lot of these special operators and special warfare members, they can't take any medication. Um, oh. Like it's against their job uh, duties. Like they can get pulled from duty. Um, they really can't take much more than a Tylenol. So when these guys get hurt, they were finding an issue of either everybody had to get pulled out for being on pain meds or, you know, these guys aren't usable because they're in so much pain. So he put a lot of thought and did a lot of practice and ended up finding this, this five piercing ear combination that you do in both ears that based on how it stimulates, because we, we have a homunculus in our ear, like the upside down baby or whatever, like your brain. Um, so based on where it is in the homunculus, they actually found that it had these analgesic effects. Like it actually stimulated delta waves when they looked at it really like, wow. like down to the cortex. Yeah. So super cool, super powerful. And because of that, over time, it, it does have a serotonin effect. So you have less pain and you're, you're happier. Um, and there's no pain medication. I just love like serendipity, right? Accidental discovery. It's like, okay, here's our problem. We've got people who might need something, but they can't take the thing. Everybody else says like, all right, well, most people would just be like, well, I guess they just have to suck it up then. And then there's the people who are like, I don't know, man, I'm going to find a side door. And that just sounds like just cool side door to me. Yeah, it's super cool. So since then, the DOD's had a ton of success. And a lot of the studies that came out, so because it has the delta wave stimulation, actually has a huge carryover into anxiety um, and depression management as well. It's just kind of like a side effect of it, Um, which is why once I kind of learned that, even though it is a pain, you know, essentially, you know, treatment or modality, however you want to look at it. Um, because the side effects are the depression and anxiety side of it. I'm like, this would be perfect for that kind of all around resiliency because it's already getting at both. Um, so com- kind of combining it with other measures and other members on the team, it just kind of made sense. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, so, so real tactical, like are the needles inserted and left? Are they insert? Like, is it a needle or is it smaller? Cause like on yeah. the battlefield, like what's going on there? Yeah, I actually meant to like bring my little ears home, but they're they're super tiny needles. So if anybody really? like like test ears, <laughs> yeah, I have like That's silicone awesome. ears because I show the guys. 
That's I'm awesome. like, this is what her ear is going to look like. Oh. Um, and the DOD actually approves silver or gold to be worn in uniform. So that, you know, I kind of show the guys what the options look like in the, in the figure. Um, but if you ever want to look it up, they're called ASP needles. Um, and I do want to look it up. Yeah, you look it up. They're like these tiny little, so they're made either out of titanium, stainless steel, or gold. Um, the member gets the choice on the metal. Obviously, if there's sensitivities, you have to go with gold. Otherwise, the person will get a preference. Uh, I literally just ask them, like, hey, do you want silver or you want gold? Um, they do have, like, a little, almost like a little spike or, like, barb at the end. It's very Chinese finger trap once it's placed. Um, so you do have to kind of twist it accordingly if your body's not pinging it out. But essentially, these... Is that accurate? Uh, that So, no, those are the stickers. Gotcha. Look up, yeah, look up ASP needles. Using the old Google machine. Never thought that Google. Oh, it's those. See that first picture of those three little bullet things? That's These it. things. Oh. Yep. So the, okay. So obviously this is this is like the back of the the back of the uh, the needle, right? Or the back. That's of the like the needle. little barb thing I was talking to you about. Yep. Got it. Yep. So that's them. Um. So they get a choice and they get inserted into the ear. There is five very specific points because again, it, it has to do with how it stimulates the homunculus in terms of what it's doing. Um, and then, yeah, they're, they're left in for anywhere between two to four days, depending on how long the person's been having it done and kind of the tolerance of the area. Obviously, if it's somebody who comes in like every week, their ears are going to need a break. So they might be closer to the two days, but. And, and what are you using this for? Like, what are some, like, what are good reasons that you'd be like, Hey, let's try this. Yeah. So the, the biggest reason is, is pain or stress management is kind of how we pitch our battlefield acupuncture clinic. So if you have chronic pain or if you have migraines or headaches, um, those are kind of the main pitch or, or wheel to get you in. They also do help a lot on the stress management end as well as sleeping. Um, I'd say almost all of our patients report that they sleep better at least the night of the yeah. treatment, if not following nights. One ear, two, does it matter? Like, how does this work? Yeah. So the uh -oh. protocol is, is five points. It's pretty methodical. Like you have to go one, two, three, four, five in particular, you start with the right ear. So your, your first insertion is always on the right ear. Um, the interesting thing with this technique is in between each needle placement, the patient actually has to walk for 30 seconds so that they do stimulate kind of that, that, um, reflex loop essentially to be able to stimulate that they're blocking the pain cycle when it's going up to the brain which I always found um, very interesting. And that actually is another reason why we decided to integrate this into the resiliency protocol because the intervention, our social worker at the time was using, also uses that bilateral stimulation to kind of get their result success. So we kind of um, merge them together. But essentially you put a needle in, they go walk down the hall, they come back, then you do the left ear. So I always joke around and tell the guys like, you're gonna get a, your step goal, you know, in this session. <laughs> Because it then, is a lot of walking. Is it like a, like a, hey, hang on, like a pop? Like, or what are you using yeah. to deliver that? Yeah, they, they come in like a little plastic, like they're preloaded. So I just push them right into the ear. Wow. You just clean the ear off with alcohol and slam it right in. So are you, are you self-medicating with the, uh, with the battlefield acupuncture? You tried it on yourself? Sometimes. Oh, I do do it on myself. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. So it works really good. Um, and then the guys are kind of educated that if the results kind of tip down because it, it, it can kind of tip down within 24 hours to reactivate them, you can just push on them and walk, or I give magnets and they can stimulate the, the needles with magnets and then do the walking as well to That's get cool. another day or two. Yeah. It's super cool. And it's so nice to see helpful 
something so helpful so quick. You know, I've had some really like tough, crusty, you know, towards the end of their career guys and, you know, everything's broken on them and everything hurts and they don't sleep at night because they have, you know, PTSD and depression and they're just a mess. And if I can actually sweet talk them into getting in the clinic, which has happened on a rare occasion, you know, it's just so relieving. You can just like see it wash over their face, like their tone changes, their posture changes, like they just automatically become so much more comfortable. Um, So it's been very rewarding to see something work so quickly and effectively. Especially when they're look when they uh, you mentioned that like they want to keep doing their job, it's mm-hmm. important. Just say that it's important. They can't do this thing, they can't take certain things, and this gives them relief. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, our clinics are they're just they're always full. <laughs> Anytime we we open up slots for Battlefield, like they're always full. So I, I couldn't you know be more grateful for that. That it's, it's something quick. It's effective. Yeah. It's it's not very you know costly. Just because I know people are either like Googling right now or they're thinking about Googling, where would you uh, send a PT out there who is like, hey, this battlefield here, like this battlefield acupuncture sounds cool. Where would you send them like, hey, good information or whatever if they wanted to dig in? Any, any place that come to mind? Yeah, so uh, battlefieldacupuncture.com. That's the guy that trained me. He has a bunch of evidence-based um, articles up there uh, uh, as well as the training that he offers. Um, don't really know anybody outside of him or the military that trains in this. He's got a pretty good website, battlefieldacupuncture.com pretty much sums it up. I mean, he was, it, smart, it he was smart to grab it, that site. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was a really cool acupuncturist. He just had like this wild history. He'd been an acupuncturist for like Delta Force and the president at one point. Like he's had a super cool career. That is cool. Um, and unfortunately, with my certification, everybody was European. <laughs> I was the only one. <laughs> I was the only one from the states, which was kind of sad. I'm like, why isn't anybody else getting this certification? Uh, well, let's you know, get let's get them cranking. Maybe I, mean, I, I feel like at least one or two people from the audience are going to go, "Hey, you know what? I'm in on this. Let's do this thing." Yeah, yeah. There's some loopholes, obviously, like billing wise. I don't have to deal with insurance, so that's a luxury for me. Rub but it. Um, rub it in a little more. Most of the audience I, is going, thank you. Rub it in some more. I know. But the more that I looked into it, pretty much if your state lets you dry needle, like you'll you'll be good with this for Got sure. It. Um, because it's a it's a non-injectable needling, essentially. Sarah, you ready to do three questions? Yeah, absolutely. Three questions. Let's go. <laughs> All right, three questions brought to you by our friends from Physical Therapy and Balance Centers. Find them all on physicalfranchise.com. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L franchise.com. You want to open a PT practice, thinking about selling your practice, check out physicalfranchise.com. Sarah, we're somewhere. You're from upstate New York. I'm from upstate New York. You're from way upstate New York. I'm from medium state New York. There's a debate where upstate New York starts. I get it. Uh, where's somewhere you can't wait to go back to? Like, I love locations. Where's somewhere you can't wait to go back to? Um, for me, I actually can't go wait to go back to um, Barbados. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. On like a holiday. And in terms of like, you know, traveling in the Caribbean, it was the most like warming and welcoming people I've, I've ever met in terms of island life. Like you it. could be like stumbling on the streets at 3 a.m. And they're like, let me help you get home. I love um, places like that. Grenada was a place so like that for me. Grenada was like, I just, I loved Grenada. It's, it's like this big, super small, but I still loved it. Uh, second question is a what question? What's something you've read, watched, or listened to a book, movie, podcast, something you think the audience would give value from? Um, yeah, so 
gosh, I've read like so many books. You know, the David David Goggins book is just exactly. when it comes to resiliency. I know a lot of people have probably read that, but that was just like such a home striker for me personally, yeah. in terms of you know just his experience and the story and and everything that that um, you know came out of it. it. For me, it was a really powerful book, whether you're in the military or not. It is really. intense. He was well, and it, and it's true. Like being as someone who's exposed to not to that extreme, but like the, none of that is made up, you know, yeah. it, it's just, it's so realistic to everyday life. And, and it really gives you a good picture of, of what some of these people are dealing with. Yeah. So. Uh, last question is a who question. Who is someone the audience you think should know more about? So for me personally, um, you know, my mentor, <laughs> I hate to say it cause he's not like super famous. He should be in terms of like strength and conditioning world. Um, but if you look him up, he, he has a fascinating history. His name is Pat Sandora. Um, he was a longtime strength and conditioning coach for the Red Sox. He was actually with them and helped them be successful for two different World Series. Um, and he just has, you know, a really great history and, and he's such a humble, humble person. So he's a, he's a really good one to kind of look up and, and just see his career progression and um, his background. And if you ever get a chance to talk with him, like he's just, you're going to learn so much for sure. Love it. All right. That's three questions. Uh, last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Party shot brought to you by the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Leaders in orthopedic physical therapy practice is the Academy of Orthopedic PT. Uh, current concepts of orthopedic, uh, orthopedic PT, the fifth edition. Find it at orthopt.org. People are making that decision right now. Am I going to take the OCS? This is the perfect roadmap. And I love that it's a map because anywhere you start, it can get you there. And I'm talking about the OCS. You're thinking about taking that OCS no matter where you are in that journey. Fresh out of PT school, but you're going to gun for it. Seasoned professional somewhere in between. And you're like, I want to do that OCS, but I don't know where to start. I don't know where to go. That's why I call it a roadmap. Current concepts of orthopedic PT, the fifth edition at orthopt.org. Uh, Sarah, your chance for a mic drop moment or a soapbox moment, a quote, an idea. What would you want to leave with the audience as we wrap up? Yeah. So biggest thing is kind of no matter what team you're on, um, I would definitely look at any type of integrated approach and, and really trying to learn from those around you, even if, you know, they may not seem like they have much to offer. You'd be surprised. You can learn something every day. Just have that mentality. I feel like that mentality. You can learn from people. I mean, so many times outside of your field, like bring that in. We need that mm -hmm. in that in this profession, like in every profession, like have that mentality of, I know we love that triple L, right? Lifelong learner. It's like, but the mentality is different than just saying it. It ain't taking con ed courses every year. It's not just reading books. It is a mentality, right? Of that open-minded, what can I learn from this? Uh, stoicism has a very, that idea of practicing stoicism has that very, what is this teaching me instead of what is happening to me? And it's, I don't know, I've, I've recently been reading a lot of stoicism stuff and that comes to mind. Sarah Schmidt, it's not gonna be the last time we have you back on the show. I have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna have you back sometime soon. Thanks for giving us a little resiliency. And I like I didn't realize there was like a little fake ear we could actually practice on with the battlefield. I know. Yeah, next time, next time. Next time, Sarah, <laughs> please bring your ear. I totally will. There's two. Don't worry. <laughs> the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. Thanks, Sarah. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a good day.
Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPintCast.com. Created by BuildPT. BuildPT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what BuildPT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.